Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff. I'm your host, and today I'm very excited to introduce you to Coach Mary, who's going to share her journey of parenting two children on the spectrum and her journey into becoming a certified mental health coach and what that means and what that does and what that's done for her and her family and what that does for her and her clients. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into the story. But as I was telling you at the beginning of the show, I'm trying to introduce kind of some breathing and sitting still into the beginning of our show. So if you'll bear with me, I'm going to give a preamble that we're working on. And then we'll um, just do a little breathing exercise and sit together. Okay. Sounds great. And for all you listeners and for Mary, feel free to chime in. Send me emails on the preamble because this is a work in progress. This is our preamble. What I believe that we're doing with this show is developing a process by which a parent who's raising a neurodiverse child can come and if they're struggling, can go from struggling to feeling amazing, to building the life and family that they always wanted. If just need daily upkeep and maintenance like we all do, you can come to the show and get that as well. And I want to create sort of a a philosophy and a series of steps that we can take to go from where we are to where we want to be. And so this is all a work in progress. So for today, the preamble is Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So let us continue our journey as individuals and parents with a short breathing exercise and a short meditation. So first what's been recommended to me, which is sitting upright, a straight posture, your head lifted up and kind of focusing on that space between your eyebrows. And then we'll take a deep breath together and we'll tense our whole body 
and hold your breath and hold the tense body. Hold it, hold it, and then relax and let it out. And we'll do that two more times. Take a deep breath and tense your whole body. Hold it. Hold it. And let it go. And one more time. Take a deep breath and tense your entire body. Hold it. And then let it all out and relax. And just sit in the stillness. Feel the relaxation through your body and focus on that point between your eyebrows with your eyes closed. And forget about your breath for a moment. Now, as we get more feedback from the listeners and from the people that participate in this show, we can determine what process or how much meditation we want to get into or how long we want the meditation to go. I just think it's really important, at least for me, to find those moments where all the chaos of life and all the responsibilities and all the things that I have to do and all the things that I don't feel like I'm getting to can disappear. And I can realize that in that moment, there's nothing missing. There's nothing I'm not capable of. There's nothing that I should be doing that life just in that moment is in a good place. So send your feedback in on that. But without further ado, I'd like to Welcome you again to the show, Mary, and I want to thank you for being with us. And first of all, where are you calling in from? Where part of the world do you live in? I'm in Minnesota currently. Minnesota. My Midwest people, I'm from Detroit, so it's kind of in that zone. Thank you for calling in today. Can you tell us you have two children that are on the spectrum? I do. I have two children that are on opposite ends of the spectrum or were on opposite ends of the spectrum. I have a daughter who was misdiagnosed three times before we got the autism diagnosis. It was de developmentally delayed. And then it was just, oh, well, she's just behind. Then it was anxiety induced autism. Wow. That was my favorite one. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, that doesn't work. You mean autism induces her anxiety, right? And they're like, no. So it took another year to get it flipped around. And thank gosh, we have a really good school that we go to because they are the ones that help me get it figured out and straightened out. And then my son, who's six, was nonverbal. It was screaming. It was meltdowns. It's banging his head against walls and doors. Just a holy terror. And now he is verbal. 
telling his teachers that they are damaging his psyche. Wow. And answering questions and laughing and playing and just being almost like a regular kid. Wow. Amazing. Can you tell us the ages of this, the multiple misdiagnosis? How old? She is seven. She's will be eight in about a month. And the first misdiagnosis happened at like about what age? Three years old when we started her in preschool because she was having problems talking. She had all of her milestones late and they thought it was because she was born early. So, you know, a lot of times that happens. And she was a preemie. And by six, we just got the official new diagnosis. But the school that we went or go to, we go through Connections Academy. It's a complete online school, which is phenomenal for autistic kids. Really cool. They design the programs for each child and what they can and can't do. And they modify everything that they possibly can just for succeeding. And they have the belief system that these kids are not dumb, that they're just locked in themselves and we have to figure out how to unlock them. I love that. They have them available throughout the country. They're basically like a charter school, but everything is online. Connections Academy. So what age did uh, your daughter start Connections Academy? She started in kindergarten. Recently. And a couple years ago, and we um, got everything. We ran with the developmental delay to begin with. So she got speech therapy and occupational therapy and all that stuff. The one thing I absolutely love is their IEP system. It is done as a positive, not as a negative. So when they get older, they want to look at their paperwork. It doesn't show all the bad things, but it shows what they're good at, what they need to adjust and do at the same time. Cool. And it's a living document. So like if you call the school and say, okay, this is not work. Awesome. That's exciting. And how old is your son? My son's six. He just started kindergarten. Is he going to do the same academy? He is doing connections. He will stay in connections just because... His test scores are off the charts. So think of young Sheldon, just nicer. That's the kid. (laughs) Really? Does this mean you're homeschooling your kids with the aid of Connections Academy? Does that sound right? Yeah, basically. Um, We get a curriculum that we follow, and then but how you teach it is up to you. And then you have assignments that you have to do and turn in. And then you have so many class hours where they're live talking to their teachers and other students and working together. So they're pretty close in age, the two? They are not quite two years apart. Do they interact? Do they? They didn't at first. Ariana, my daughter, is one of those sweet little kids that just everybody has to love her. She's got to be the show, the center of attention. Okay. And her brother, David, he is one of those kids that just wants to, wanted to be left alone. Happy being in his own little corner, doing his own little thing. And since we have taught him my regulation techniques and how to express what you're feeling and how to deal with things, he now goes up to his sister and gives her hugs and then screws, plays around with her. Cool. They are two little peas in a pod and sometimes it's a double-edged sword. Like if you get mad at one, the other one comes to its defense and vice versa. Aw, that's sweet though. That's sweet. I'm excited to get into um, where the regulation techniques came from. Before you kind of embarked on that journey, what were the early years, the younger years like in your home and raising children and realizing that 
this wasn't working out maybe exactly as you thought it was? How did that tell us a little bit about those years? Well, with Ariana, when she had her started with the anxiety issues, because she didn't start walking till 15 months. And it was almost two years before she actually started talking. And we caught her by accident talking. Um, I put up cameras just to keep an eye on her in the house. And so she was mumbling to herself. And then all of a sudden you could hear her talking. She was one of those that she has to make sure everything is done right before she shows you how to do it, that she can do it. Mm. So I talked to the doctor about it and he said she had anxiety. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a two-year-old with anxiety. What? And I blame myself. I thought, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, she hasn't done anything in the world yet to get screwed up. So it had to have been yeah. something. <laughs> right. And the doctor said, it's just some kids are naturally wired that way. It's nothing you did wrong, nothing, anything. It's just how she was born. So once we had to learn how to overexcite everything she does right, every milestone, every little tiny detail, good job and over, you know, congratulate her to boost that. She did better. And then her brother, we knew something was up at six months. Okay. He was one of those kids that liked everything lined up in straight lines, everything in patterns, everything organized, everything clean. We just kind of went with it. And he hit his milestones early. He was, you know, like a regular kid. And then about two and a half, he completely stopped. He stopped talking. Everything. Just went to screaming and meltdowns every time you turn around. And that's when we finally got him into an experimental program for preschool when he was three. And that's when we, the teacher, I think, told us what it was and said, you know, we need to get him tested for diagnosed for autism. And where I live is a very, very small town. It's a population of 1,200 people. So to put him in traditional therapies, we drive two hours a day. Wow. I'm like, we're not doing that with a three-year-old. And then we had him in a preschool for it. And the teacher, oh, gave me the line. Well, I worked with lots of autistic kids. I know what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm like, okay, great. So we send him there. Well, he'd have a meltdown. She just give him what he wanted to shut him up. Well, that started the temper tantrums when he got home. And then because at three, he bit another child. I'm sorry, but all three-year-olds bite. It's the school deemed him a threat to himself and others. Ugh. Like he's three, you put your hand out that he can't hurt you. Yeah. So we pulled him out and then we went through the autistic center for a while and did the assessments again. And they told us that we had to do ABA therapy. I'm like, well, what's the B? And I go, and they explain it to me and I go, no. When I started researching it, to me, I call it the puppy training because you take a child and you put them in a room with an adult and they get a reward for doing to speak on command or do whatever you ask them to do according to the command. So it doesn't teach them individuality. It doesn't teach them how to think for themselves. It literally teaches them what to do when you're told to do it and how to do it. And then that's when the autistic center told me that if I didn't do their therapies and didn't do things their way, he would never talk. He would never do anything. He would never amount to anything and would end up in a home. I'm like, no. And I was thankful Around that time period is when Holly Robinson Pete came out with her TV show on Hallmark about mm-hmm. her autistic son and what they didn't do those therapies and did something else and how he turned out. And she really broke it down, explained to me, you know, how you just take that list and tell them where to stick it. And 
you figure out what works. And that started my journey on just doing research. And the more I did the research, the more I found out as, you know, United States is supposed to be the head of the world. But when it comes to special needs and especially autism, we are so far behind in the approach of how we deal with these kids. You know, the ABA therapy that we use here has been banned in most countries around the world and deemed child abuse. Wow. It's really insane when the more I started reading about it. The problem with all these therapies that you have, not one of them actually teaches the parent what to do at home. So these kids do really good in their classes, but when the minute they get home, they have all these issues because there's no consistency. And that's when I started thinking, and then COVID hit, and I went through some classes in Norway, and they have basically eliminated autism through the different programs that they do. And what it is, is you, instead of looking at autism as a whole, you look at autism as the individual issues that child is having, the meltdowns, the lack of communication, the eating. Because when, you know, a lot of people don't realize is when you do, all autism is, is your brain is wired a little bit differently, but it's a series of different ticks and clicks and different issues you're having. And depending on what the issues are and how severe, it depends on the degree of autism you have. So when you start getting rid of all these issues, like learning how to self-regulate and how to control things and how to deal with your environment, how to interact with others and talking, you don't test on that scale as high as you used to, or you don't test on the scale at all. So I've taken different things from different research and everything I recommend with parents, I have either tried or we use currently in our house. And if that don't work, then we just keep modifying. And it's not, I will never recommend something for somebody who has, I will not try on my own kids. Awesome. So when COVID hit, this is when you started developing your practice? I started developing the practice and putting it online. Before that, I did brick and mortar and I worked with the neighborhoods and the counties around here. Okay. And so you've talked of some pretty amazing success with your own kids from nonverbal to telling the teacher what he thinks. Oh, yeah. I'm just thankful that the school and the teachers have accepted that. And that their whole focus is getting him to express his opinion, get him doing that for a regular basis. Then we'll break it down to you don't talk like that. That's not polite. Let's find nicer ways to say things. Yeah. So Mary, for parents like myself, we're overwhelmed with life. Our kids are going to school. We have ABA. We're not seeing progress. It feels like we're trying to hit a square peg through a round hole, but we don't know what else to do. And we know that there's nothing happening positive with the services. Where do we go from here? And that's my theory. My question is, why would you continue these services if they're not working? Why would you spend you all this? Else to do. And that's it. You know, and that's where... People like me, there's a few, there's very few of us that do what we do. The hard part is, is breaking in and getting people to see there are better ways. And a lot of my clients are people who have done ABA for 10 years and it didn't work. It didn't work. They're looking for answers and don't have one. And there's nowhere left to go. And especially with COVID, a lot of the places quit. Yeah, they can't even staff them. I mean, we're like fighting for staffing for a service that we don't feel works. Correct. The first thing I do, and like I tell a lot of parents, you got to change the way you look at these kids. 
they're not broken. You don't use their diagnosis as an enabler. And a lot of parents do. You know, they look at it, well, my son's autistic, so he's playing in the garbage. No, your son's playing in the garbage. It doesn't have to do with being autistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, they do things and it's you use their diagnosis as an excuse for them to, to have that behavior. The big thing is, is parents need to learn the difference between an actual temper tantrum and what a sensory meltdown is. Temper tantrums are things that they can't control that, you know, they want this, but you say no. And please say no. Just because they're special doesn't mean you give them everything they want. And a lot yeah. of parents do. Yeah. I used to do that. Cause I just didn't know what to do. It was easier just to give them this than it was to listen to the screaming. I was just as guilty until, you know, I figured out my secrets and how I do what I do now. Sensory overloads are things that are in their environment that they can't control that frustrates upsets them and they don't know how to calm themselves and regulate. And that's where self-regulation techniques come in. Now with self-regulation techniques, it's gotta be parents can input but that child has to pick what works for them. Okay. You know, like with my daughter, for her, she does yoga. I'm working on my certifications now, so I know what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> or she does her, her meditation breathing. She's come up with this all on her own. That's awesome. Um, with my son, what he does is he will start with the alphabet. And then it'll be the alphabet in a couple of different languages, or it'll be the animals with the alphabet. You know, some days it'll be singing. Some days it'll be music. It's cues that he tells me that he needs when he says it. And now we're to the point where he will, you will sit and listen to him say, calm down. You need to calm down. He's basically playing the script that I repeat over and over again to him and going through the techniques. He does it by himself. Cool. It's awesome. So how does somebody sitting there and they feel like their life's not working and they want more for their kids? How do they know if you're the kind of person in the profession that they should contact? How do we know to follow up with you? And what does that look like? So what I do is I start out with a free booking call. And what first thing I will tell you is that I may not be a good fit because I may not be my personality and your personality may not mix what you want and your results may not work with what I believe. So what I always tell you, if I can't help you, I will find someone else because I belong to a big network of a bunch of coaches that handle a lot of different things. So I will help you find a coach that will work for you. What I do is I work with each child, depending on the age. I deal with a lot of 10, 11, 12 year olds. So I'll work with that child, but at the same time, I work with the family. Because you can help fix the child, but if the family's still doing the same things, nothing's going to change. It's going to continue with the circle. You know, we had a big struggle with that in my own house because my husband, his nephew is autistic and he's 25 now and he was severe and they allowed him to play video games and stuff like that. Didn't get the help for him when he needed it back in the day when they really didn't know about it. So when he sees him, he saw our son and thought he was and looked at him like he was broken for a long mm -hmm. time. And so there was a very touchy feely, very disconnected relationship up until about a year and a half ago when COVID hit and everything got shut down and dad was home. And then he started to see all the things that he normally does during the day and 
saw him through a different light. Hmm. Yeah, the journey continues. It's always in session. If you do that initial session and decide that you're going to work together, how do you go from there? I mean, what happens next? What happens after we decide we work out, we sit down, we figure out what the issues are. And like I tell everybody, I don't care what the diagnosis is. It doesn't matter to me. I want to know what the issues are. I want to know what you're trying, what you're not doing, or and what's not working with what you're trying and what does work. And then we set up a game plan. All right. So meltdowns, temper tantrums. We work out what I call the chaos plan. It's steps for the parent, but also for the child for self-regulating. It's a little different than a lot of coaches. As I tell you, because I know, and you know, as parents with these kids, a meltdown is going to happen at three in the morning. Things are going to happen at seven o'clock at night. Call or text me. I'll walk you through things. Because a lot of times it's easier to walk you through the steps as they're happening than to sit here and do a video and say, okay, this is what you need to do. You're not going to remember the steps. Right. So as I, I'll walk you through them and help you through them, and we, that way we can just in real time as things are happening. And then at the same time, I'll tell you, you know, let's get some whiteboards, put them up in big areas of your house so you can see them and kind of keep an eye, you know, in the corner of your eye to help you walk through the steps. So like I say, I'm always available if you need me for something. Awesome. So I know there's been times where, you know, I wish there was somebody that understood what I was going through. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some success stories that stand out from any of the interactions that you could share with us? I have a client now who um, actually just graduated out of my program. She was a client for two years and she would have severe meltdowns. And it was to the point where she was physically banging her head off the floor, off the walls, off. I mean, she'd have bruises across her forehead all the time. She had no outlet for her frustrations. She had such a narrow targeted mind that she would see, this is what she wanted to do. She wanted to stack these blocks, but she couldn't physically do it yet. And she kept, she would just keep going and keep going until, and she would just get so frustrated. So we started teaching her how to look at those feelings you're having and how to just stop and start regulating. When they start happening, you start talking, you start singing a song, doing something. And then I teach the parent how to distract them. I call it the shiny object theory. Ask them a question, do something to distract them, to reset them. So that way they can go back and finish what they're doing, but they're doing it with a deep breath and calm her down. Um, a lot of my programs are built around with a few autistic people that I've worked with in the past and what has worked with them. The gentleman I started working with him when he was 16, he's 21 now. He got a full scholarship to Stanford University. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so awesome. Cool. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to do the, just kind of see what's possible? Yeah, um, you can call me. Um, my phone number is 507-338-3725. That's the easiest and best way to call or text and we'll schedule an appointment. All right, we should put that number in the show notes after. Can you give me the number one more time? Yes, it is 507-338-3725. Okay, that's awesome. 
And so kind of what's next on your plan as a parent and a professional? Where are you at with where are your kids at? What's what are you excited about that's next on your guys's list? My goal is to spread the word and get people to see these children. I'm going to be running booths at the county fairs around here and doing different conferences throughout Minnesota for right now to get the awareness out that to look at these kids like regular kids. They just are just wired a little differently and getting the awareness out there because I work with the local grocery store out here because they hire a lot of different neurodiverse people because a lot of employees are afraid to talk to them or they have one gentleman who's autistic who his mind moves so fast. So does his mouth. So Uh it's hard to understand him. And so a couple of the employees were scared to talk to him about it and afraid of upsetting him or insulting him. I go, no, no, no. Just be honest. Just tell him he's talking too fast. Just tell him to slow down. Just do it politely like you would tell anyone else. Yeah. Then they understand. You just need to talk to them like they're regular people. Don't talk down to them. Yeah. It's exciting. I feel like we're on the cusp, you know, like we're evolving. And yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I'm inspired by your work. And I believe that there's a lot of better ways for us to move forward. And I'm grateful to participate with the people that are moving forward and doing things in a different way. I'm going to email you um, a copy of my chaos plan. It's how to to calm and teach self-regulation techniques. Cool. And then I know what's been very helpful for me, and it's really phenomenal. I want to buy one. Um, you're using binaural beats music. It's different frequency sounds that helps calm and relax. There's actually a company out there that makes pillows that are Bluetooth that you plug in for kids instead of for that to feel the vibrations at night. And it actually oh, helps really? calming. I use really? just Google speakers through my house and I play it at night. And, you know, for the most part, my kids sleep through the night 90% of the time. Oh, you have it in their rooms too. Yeah. I just I've have been, Google. Okay. What I do is I just do Google speakers throughout the house. Okay. Cause I've been playing it like for me, just finding something on YouTube and, and I've been sleeping well. I, you know, I don't really know. That's what I do. I, except for I use Spotify. Okay. Awesome. So I will definitely, we'll post that plan in the note, the show notes, and I'll get your contact information in the show notes for people that want to reach out to you. And we're out of time for today, but I would love to stay connected with you and your work. And as the show develops and stay together and touch base from time to time and get updates. And I'm on Facebook too. So. Okay. Maybe in your email, if you can, let us know how to get a hold of you on Facebook yep. as well so that I can put that in there. And we'll just continue this journey together and get together from time to time for update. And I want to thank you for your work that you do and for being on the show with us today. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. Okay. And have a wonderful day and blessings to you and your family. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. 
iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics. And the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.